Jurassic Park for a minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Minute at a Time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're back to discuss Minute 56 of Jurassic Park 3. Before we get to that, David, our uh, weekly featured Jurassicpedia article is uh, the Park Veterinarian Costume Guide, which you've done over there. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just great to see some of these characters, uh, what, what you can sort of do to cosplay and get the costumes and... Unlike the Lost World, where a lot of stuff was designer safari gear, mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff in Jurassic Park here, like the vet outfit, you can get for pretty cheap and readily available. And when someone sees you dressed like that, they know exactly what it is. Yeah, this is one of those costumes that is very, very popular just because of its simplicity. And you see them at Comic Cons and stuff all the time. I've been kind of slow in integrating all of our costume guides over to um, Jurassicpedia.com from the old Jurassic Park Legacy Encyclopedia site. And so this was one I kind of just did real quick because somebody had been asking about it on the Replica Prop Forum. And so it's just, it's a really simple costume. I mean, you can get the, uh, this is just a simple safari shirt, a pair of blue slacks, and um, some, and you tuck the blue slacks into some, brown glasses and the hat is probably one of the more specialized items just because it's the forest green and brown built ball cap by rock point but then you add a couple patches to it and an emt pouch and a little gold flashlight and on a black belt and you're good to go yeah yeah like the hardest thing for this setup would be to uh get on ebay and find some of the classic jurassic park patches and mm-hmm. um which fans do make and sell on there yeah, I actually have um, a hat of my own that I did. I when I was um, in Missouri one time, I happened to find a hat that just kind of was actually in reverse colors. So the the crown is brown and then the bill is green, but it it works. I mean, uh, it works for you. I, I, you recognize it automatically what it is. And I just sewed the um, one of those iron-on patches. The patches are actually really easy to find. The, it's just the yellow patch with the white border and the or yeah the white and red border, mm. and they sell them at Comic Cons and online patch stores and eBay, Etsy, Amazon. You can get them pretty much anywhere. They're really easy. I sewed mine on because even though it was iron on the uh, it was starting to peel off, so just in the name of yeah more durability, I sewed it and I hate sewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's it like iron on stuff's always always good but always throw a bit of thread in there as well just to hold it on mm-hmm. yeah i tried gluing it wouldn't stay with the glue so <laughs> you get so on now you're stuck there <laughs> yeah. i think we um i think we brought up when we've done the fallen kingdom review and when the character of zia was uh coming in as a paleo veterinarian i think we called back to jerry harding in the original film Mm-hmm. whether he was an actual vet or whether he was working at the San Diego Zoo and got called down to do mm-hmm. the job, like, like the novel said. He, um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised there's like the no name tag on here, no no sort of veterinarian insignia either. We see later on with mm-hmm. Jurassic World how they've actually got that vet um, signage on the Unimogs and that mm-hmm. and some vehicles where maybe it's just we're a bit early, there's no visitors there, so he doesn't really need that sort of stuff on. They're still working out the uniform or... 
He does have he does have an ID uh, badge that's worn on the left side of his belt, but you never get a good look at it. You can just kind of see that it's the badge. Yeah, I imagine yeah. you could. I think the making of actually has a scan of Nedry's ID badge, and you could probably just re reword it and uh, put a new picture on of like Gerald R. Uh, Gerald Mullen, who was the producer on the movie and played the role of Jerry Harding. Yeah, but yeah, another another great little ride up there, and uh, it's just good good to see some of these costuming stuff come up, and just how easy some of this cosplaying can really be. Mm-hmm. And something I kind of forgot in the article, I'll add it later, is that he does wear the aviators that everybody's <laughs> running around with in these movies. <laughs> we weren't far out of the eighties. It's fine. <laughs> Between that and Malcolm's big ray bands. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, Malcolm, I figured out his. Um, I figured out his uh, um, jacket he's wearing. Which turns out it's actually not a jacket; it's a leather blazer that just doesn't have, um, that doesn't have the flaps over the side pockets. I actually found one on um, Amazon by B- BGSD. That's the men's Judd one button lambskin leather blazer. It's a bit pricey, but I mean, if you're looking for, if you're the ultimate fan looking to put together the ultimate wardrobe. Black, black slacks, black shirt, black blazer. There you go. <laughs> black sunglasses. Well, I suppose that's where uh, Ian's sort of a bit easier, where, yes, you can go exact like that or just mm-hmm. generally generally dressing in black. Yeah. Um, he is the, the man in black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet you Eric's in there, don't you think? I'd bet my bottom dollar. All right. Uh, Dave, ready to get into minute 56. Uh, sure. Alright. As we ended minute 55 of Jurassic Park 3, Billy had been pretty stern to Alan about giving his bag back. Sensing something wrong, Alan looked down and began to unzip his bag to find two raptor eggs inside. As we enter on minute 56 of Jurassic Park 3, Grant realises and says how it all makes sense. He now knows why the raptors were so keen to get him earlier in the film. At the 11 second mark, Billy tries to defend himself. I swear if I knew you'd end up with him. I took him on impulse. I thought that'd be worth a fortune. Enough to fully fund the dig for another 10 years. He ends with, look, you have to believe me. It was a stupid decision, but I've done it with the best intentions. Grant replies with the best intentions. And moves the words around his mouth as if it's poison. At the 29 second mark, he lays it all out for Billy. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. At the 34 second mark, he takes a step forward and says, Look, Billy, as far as I'm concerned, you know better than the people that built this place. At the 43 second mark, Alan walks past Billy, disgusted, towards the observation windows and holds the bag at one of the smashed windows, preparing to drop it into the canyon below. At the 49 second mark, he pauses and looks about himself before looking back into the room and then pulls the bag back in and starts to put it into his own backpack. And as the minute ends, Paul walks forward and says, What are you doing? Those things are after us because of those. Last minute, uh, Grant discovered Billy's little secret and after asking him, Did you steal 
raptor eggs. Billy just sort of looks away, guilty as hell. <laughs> and um, you sort of Grant trying to hide the anger in his face as he's looking around, and he's not not a very happy chappy here. And one thing I noticed too is just how like the cut that on his on his left cheek, how deep it is. We haven't really got some close-ups of his face apart from inside the water tanker, but I don't know if this was from the, the plane crash or from um, escaping the raptors earlier, but it's a pretty deep cut there. It looks like it's gone through the skin to the muscle. Good bit of... Um, what do you call that? Not prop work. Uh, what do you call it when they put fake stuff on someone's face? Uh, prosthetic? Oh, yeah, a good bit of prosthetic, prosthetic. work there. Yeah. Grant slowly starts to realise that now it all starts to make sense, realising that's why the Raptors were after him specifically and not the rest of the group. But Billy tries his best. He says, I swear if I knew you were going to end up with them. But he... And as he's sort of talking, we get a cut to Paul as he's leaving. The Eric, uh, Eric and Amanda behind starts walking over towards him. And he just keeps on digging his hole. Um, I took them on an impulse. I thought that'd be enough. I thought that'd be worth a fortune enough to fund a dig site for another 10 years but Grant isn't buying it I suppose having having raptor eggs on the mainland to the right buyer would be worth a fortune mm-hmm. especially I mean we do see the what the um, live animals fetch on at auction in uh, Fallen Kingdom so I could imagine that the eggs themselves would fetch a pretty penny as well I mean the live animals were worth millions if not tens of millions, and so these eggs could probably could definitely fund next like the next five years, if not more. I wonder if they'd still be alive once they got off got off the island. They haven't really got a way off the island yet, so it's sort of got them just in case they are rescued. But there might be a point down the line, down the line where they just need food and might have to scramble <laughs> to keep to keep themselves alive. Like yeah, fair enough. They're just left in the raptor egg, in the raptor nests without sort of being looked after, but they do need to kept, be kept warm and moisture to them. But I suppose that's a that's a little bit of a nitpick. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy keeps on going. You have to believe me. It was a stupid decision, but I did it with the best intentions, and that's where we sort of get that famous line from Grant: "Best intentions." He sort of lips his uh, wipes his lips um, in disgust and says, "Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions." And he sort of takes a takes a step forward, staring at Billy, and says, "Billy, as far as I'm concerned, you know better than the people that built this place," which is a bit harsh. Mm. He's just he was, he was looking out for Green. He was trying to save save um, save the dig site, something like this. Mm-hmm. I think he was thinking more, "Hey, these are live dinosaurs, and not hey, these are velociraptors." Um, although that's what they're digging, so that probably makes sense. He got raptor eggs, but. Um, I don't think it's exploiting animals as much as what InGen were trying to do. No, uh, yeah, the I think he was just really more concerned financially than anything because he knew that I mean after this trip that they were kind of done, and then he also knew that um, the Kirby's check that they that had been written for him wasn't really uh, good. Yeah. So it was probably, as he said, it was a bit of a, in the novel. He says a bit of a spare at the moment decision to grab him, and um, he would have had yeah both of those things sort of going through his mind. Especially when there's a lot of walking time that we don't see in the film where they've probably been talking, and I'm sure the conversation has come up. What do we do next if we make it off the island? Mm-hmm. 
but Grant walks past Billy towards the observation windows and holds the bag out, out in the open. As he does, he sort of walks past that cart that's sitting in the area, and it looks like there's a broken computer tower on top of it, and I was thinking maybe this trolley had computers on it, because mm. we see a, some monitors on the ground in earlier minutes, and maybe just it's all been knocked off, and this is all that's left on that cart. So like back in the day where you had the the TV and the VCRs on the trolleys at school and that, <laughs> where you just just easy to move everything around instead of having having it all permanently attached or permanently sitting on desks in there where yeah. you can move it over to a window and sort of look at look at the monitor, look at video feeds or whatever as you're looking down into the aviary itself. Mm-hmm. Plus, it kind of makes it more mobile. So all you kind of have to do is take it off the truck and plug it in. You know. Yeah. If you're afraid that adverse weather is coming, you don't want to leave expensive electronics out there. You can just stick it in the back of a truck and just put it in like a storage thing or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. But sort of Grant, uh, Grant thinks for a moment and looks back inside the building. And in the background, you can sort of see that CG render of the far side of the canyon and the fog mm-hmm. down below. Um, and also, with the uh, the blueprints for this building... There's an external walkway that goes around the um, the base of the observation landing. So he, him holding the bag out the window like this, if he let go of it, it'd only fall about three feet to the exterior <laughs> walkway. So I don't. He did look out and over further, so he should have known that walkway was there. Yeah. Whether or not it was completed for the um, for the final film or not, but the, those blueprints for the building <laughs> did have that walkway out there. So it probably was, but when we get when they're leaving. You never get to see a kind of walkway around the top of the thing because you can kind of see the uh, this viewing station at the top of the aviary when they're on the boat leaving the aviary behind. Mm. And I think it's kind of they probably built it, and then the, due to script changes or whatever, they just they just leveled the camera so you can't see it. You know? Yeah. Yep. Or even, we know with um, The Lost World, when script changes happen, they, they cut down the size of the village and just mm-hmm. finish whatever whatever sets they had. And No doubt that's probably the same sort of thing here. You'd think if it did have a walkway outside, there'd be some sort of door going from in this observation area out to that walkway. But from looking around, the only door we see coming and going from the building is that big one. They come in from the front and, and then the stairs going down. Mm-hmm. But as the minute ends, uh, pork, uh, pork. Paul walks towards Grant, asking, "What are you doing? Those things are after us because of those." Because Grant's pulled the bag back inside and hasn't mm. decided to drop them. And it's interesting as Paul's walking over, you can see sort of a poster or something on the wall behind him. There's, yeah, you can see the, like the outline of it, wherever it is. Yeah, it's too blurry to see, but mm-hmm. maybe some sort of safety poster or something. Yeah, it's funny because when I was a kid. Being the well-read idiot that I was, <laughs> I thought that um, Paul said that they're avarice because of those. Which, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, if, I mean the definition of the word does kind of fit the context, and where that they are, ang- they're angry with the with desire, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm thinking, and so I, I just always thought it was a uh, different word than what he's using. Mm. Again, probably giving too much credit to the script writers. <laughs> well, it, it comes up from time to time. We mentioned a few in the Lost World where 
we thought that said one thing and it's completely something else. Mm-hmm. Especially with a lot of Ludlow's dialogue and that, where he's either trying to put a bit of that Irish accent onto it or whatever else to mirror Hammond, and it's a bit hard to understand what he's actually saying. But Looking briefly into the script and novel comparisons, as we discussed last minute, they enter the building and make straight for the stairs. Grant already knew about the eggs. And um, in the uh, in the novel, Billy... Uh, Billy realised that Grant didn't know about the eggs and told him he did it with the best intentions, pretty much the same as what we got in the film. But sort of, Alan stands near the stairs at the centre of the building, still stunned by learning that the uh, he'd had the eggs on him the whole time. And that's when Paul approaches and says, what do you think this place is? And Grant says, some kind of observatory. Um, and it looks over the canyon. Um, mm-hmm. Eric, Eric nods, we saw a boat um, at the bottom, just down river, we can get off the island. And then it's when Grant says, come on, they head down the spiral stairs, leaving Billy with his guilt. And uh, the others sort of follow him down. But uh, that's where we end minute 55. No, that's where we end minute 56. And uh, the novel, David, if that's all, we'll get heavy for the day. Sure. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com. And you can find... The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven. Get me on that island. You desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the it's the dinosaur there! Okay.